You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Put your pencils down, because it's time for the Star Seminar. And now, here are your hosts, Rabble Rouser and Danny Fenton. Welcome one, welcome all to the Star Seminar, your team talk class in advanced Cowboys footballology. We were once scholars, we became pilgrims, we are now scholars, once again returned to the classroom from our pilgrimage, our sojourn to Oxnard, California, filled with trials and tribulations. As always, this is Dr. Rebel Rouser, and I am joined by the great, eminent scholar, Dr. Daniel Phantom. How are you today, sir? I'm doing better, Rabs. Um, as you know, I um, was uh, hit with, uh, with the COVID virus um, while I was down in Oxnard, actually, uh, and basically messed up my trip and i was basically bedridden for the for the time there minus one uh afternoon i was able to hang with you guys um but i'm actually on week two on this and um still it's you know it's kicking my butt um you know i've just been trying to rest this last week and uh, recover so i can be ready for this football season and uh but to be honest you know i've just been kind of loafing around in bed and i've been i've been watching a lot of movies and um I find myself lately just to kind of be at peace. I would, I'll go and I'll find some old movies that I just liked when I was younger and that, you know, they may be a little silly, um, but it's, you know, I'm able to just lay in bed and just turn it on and go. And, uh, and actually yesterday I watched, uh, I don't know if you've heard of this movie or not. It's, um, 1979. It's actually scavenger hunt. Um, Scott, Oh, that brings yes, uh huh. Who's in that? It's you know, it's got a lot of people in it, like no, no, like huge stars, just a bunch of different people, like Cloris Leachman's in it, like Scatman Crothers, um, I don't know, like Tony Randall is in it, and just a bunch of Richard Mulligan's in it. And he plays this taxi, oh, taxi driver, and he's to me, he's one of the more entertaining characters. But it's just about just some story about them running around some Southern California trying to gra- ga- gather all these. Uh, scavenger hunt items and just a bunch of chaos ensues and so entertaining super cheesy uh mind you but uh it's it's a great movie to just throw in there and just kind of halfway fall asleep to um but i wanted to ask it's you one, one of those movies that was created in the wake of the success of something like cannonball run yeah you know what you know where you have the sort of like you have the, a lot of stars all sort of second tier stars, all engaging in crazy hijinks yeah. in some in some picturesque location. I'm about 15 minutes through Cannonball Run. Right oh, yeah, <laughs> so that's it's funny you mentioned that. That's that's yeah, you're absolutely right. It's it's uh, 
it's right up that alley. But uh, are there any kind of movies like there that, you know, they're they're pretty cheesy, but, you know, you, you still find some enjoyment out of them? Oh, yeah, sure. Of course. I'm a, I, you know, I, I'm a cynical, uh, crotchety old guy at heart, but still, you know, that, that typically tends to belie the fact that you're a marshmallow inside. Um, and so my, I guess that the category of cheesy that I indulge in most is like when I watch like rom-coms uh, with or, or holiday movies, that kind of thing with my wife. And so the one I'm going to choose is actually lives at the intersection of those two categories as the sort of rom-com and the cheesy holiday movie. And that would be Love Actually. It's a terrible movie. Uh, it's a ridiculous, sappy movie, but I love it. And every year it's part of our tr- Christmas tradition. And even though like halfway through it, invariably I'll be like, oh, this movie's bad. <laughs> but then I'm like, but it's great. You know, and we end up, end up watching it. So, um, you know, I just, there's, there's certain, there's certain like stupid movies or certain tropes that I recognize intellectually they're cheesy, but they still work, man. And that's, you know, that's one of them. So I would say uh, a lot of, a lot of extra cheese on that pizza, but I, I just gobble it up. Nom, nom, nom. Yeah. Now, speaking of gobbling it up, um, have you been uh, gobbling up all the, all the news going on in camp? Because I have to admit, I've been trying to get as much as I can with being under the weather. But uh, what, what is your take on what you've been seeing lately? I, I've, I have been, and I'm actually really looking forward to uh, our discussion today because we're going to have an opportunity to talk about, you know, in the light of all the news that's been coming out, what we're most looking forward to when the Cowboys face off, or let's be clear, when the Cowboys third and fourth stringers face off mm-hmm. against the, the Jaguars on Saturday evening. Uh, but before we do that, I actually wanted to ask you something because one of the things that, uh, that's been coming out both during mini camps and then out at Oxnard and something that we were able to see firsthand as well is that there are several rookies this year who are playing really well. And interestingly enough, it's not their first and second round or necessarily even the third rounder, although DeMarvian Overshone is starting to come on a little bit. It's the down roster guys. And so there are three guys, you know, I, we have some friends uh, of the podcast who talk about the drum beat like you start to hear ab- about them and then some guys fade but some guys you just keep hearing the beat like there's so and so made a play again so and so made a play again they're making plays it's not too big for them and you know these guys have continued to make plays practice after practice and and those guys of course are eric scott jr deuce vaughn and uh, jalen brooks so cornerback running running back uh, or you know <laughs> feature back and then um wide receiver in order and the fascinating thing about that is they were all drafted after pick 175 it is so unusual to see one guy who was drafted after pick 175 make that kind of splash in camp it happens from time to time the cowboys you know cowboys have had guys do that but to have three guys i think is pretty unusual so i kind of wanted to pose to you can you think of a time when when that many guys who were drafted that late in the process we're showing up on a kind of daily basis. You know, we're basically offering a rhythm section uh, when you combine their drum beats. Oh, well, I think the draft that immediately jumps to mind is the 2016 draft. And mm-hmm. there, of course, that, that draft was filled with a lot of, a lot of quality contributors, you know, throughout. I mean, both up and down. Um, but of course, you know, where we remember like the Anthony Browns and, um, I know Dax was a fourth rounder, so I don't know that he really falls into that 
line of super late round guys. He, he kind of misses it if we want to if we want to use one seventy five as the cutoff. Yeah. So, but then you have still you have like Kayvon Frazier. Um, and, mm-hmm. I mean Darius Jackson. You know, made this Cowboys team a, a time or two. Um, and then of course there was Rico too that everyone was super excited about as well. So, I mean, there's there there's a good draft, but I really think that it's it, it's kind of tough. You can like point to certain guys when you know you had Xavier Woods and Noah Brown in 2017, mm-hmm. um, but you know you might be able to find a guy here or there that looks good. Um, I mean, even like I think about like um, Mike White and Cedric Wilson, who turned out to to have do something. Um, but even Mike White was struggling in camp, um, if I remember correctly. Because I really wanted. Yeah, he to... never did much for the Cowboys. He actually really blossomed once he left the, the team. He just needed he needed more years of seasoning than they seemed to be able to afford to give him. Right. Yeah. It, it just so I I think you make a great point, Raz, because I'm struggling to really think through these drafts and finding one that where you can have you know more than a couple guys that are actually making some noise. Uh, do you have any drafts in mind that pop to you? Well, no, you know, I actually spent some time uh, this week doing some research and looking at drafts, and I think the thing that you that you said is is spot on, which is there are a lot of drafts where you can see one guy, sometimes two, but it's really, really unusual to see three. One of the things that actually leapt out at me from doing this exercise was looking at the drafts way back in the late 80s, early 90s under Jimmy Johnson. You know, we talk over and over about what a great, great drafter he was, and they indeed brought in a tremendous amount of talent during his time here. But almost none of it was after about pick 150. It's it's incredible how few guys were drafted in the Jimmy Johnson era late in the draft who ended up doing much. Now, part of that's hard to make a team when you have a team so loaded, but part of it is also – the reason he drafted so well is they had a tremendous amount of draft capital. He had a lot of high picks, and he managed to to, to trade, you know, uh, players for picks and amass an unusual amount of like top hundred, top hundred and twenty picks. So, I, you know, listen, these guys may fall off on Saturday. These guys may not have careers. Uh, they may not be major contributors. We may look at we may look at this draft class in in a couple of years and say, oh yeah, remember that silly conversation we had about about those three players. Um, but I can't think of a time in which, you know, the drumbeat was so loud for three guys like that. And so I'm really looking forward to seeing if they can take what we've heard and what we've seen on the practice field and apply that to the game when you when you uh, you know hit people in other uniforms in earnest for the first time. So that's going to be that's going to be something I'm really uh, focused on on Saturday, which brings me to. Uh, our topic for the day, we're going to play a little game called I've Only Got Eyes for You. And the idea is um, each of us has picked a handful of things that we're looking forward to, to looking at, to watching, to, to spending time reviewing, maybe even if we, if we want to go back and rewatch the game from Saturday's contest against the Jaguars. And so um, I've got my list. Dan has his list. We're going to flip a coin. Whoever goes first gets to pick first, and um, if Dan picks something from my list, I'm out. I can't bring that up. So hopefully, uh, you know, we're not gonna. No one's gonna run out, and so uh, we're hoping that we can each share three things. But hey, we don't know what's on each other's list, so we may run out early. In which case, whoever runs out early is the loser, and the other <laughs> one gets to be the champion. <laughs> Are you ready, my friend? I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, flip a coin. You ready to call it in the air? Yeah, I didn't realize there's gonna be a winner and a loser from this this show. Oh, absolutely. There's gonna be bragging rights for 
I, I think probably 18 months. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to step up my game now. So, uh, All right. You ready? I'm ready. I'm going to call I'm, I'm, uh, I'm calling the air, my friend. Tails. Ooh. Tails it is. Ooh. You go first. Oh, nice. Yeah. What are you looking forward to watching? Oh, I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, it's a long time coming, too, because this is one thing that's been super hard for me to evaluate with just little clips from training camp. And um, I am going to be looking in the trenches, in particular along the interior, because I need to find some answers at guard. And Oh, offensive line interior. Okay. I know we, that was not on my list, by the way. No, we, I survived. You survived. So tell, tell us tell us what specifically what you're looking for. So, I mean, we've been without Zach Martin, which I think it's nice to give an extended look at some other guys. And of course, when I'm when I'm seeing that first team line up there, I can't help but notice that number 75 is walking out there. So I'm very interested in, in seeing what Josh Ball can do. Uh, I feel like the mm. coaches believe in him. And I think when, when I look at him, I think, you know, you talk about a combination of size, you know, it's movement and power. I think that if you could script it in the sense of like, athletically speaking, he, to me, he has the, the best upside of, of anyone. And so I, I feel like I really want him to be successful. And um, I don't know, you know, obviously we, we know Tyler Smith's going to be our starter and Zach's going to be our starter stuff, but I would like to have, a player in there that we can that we can count on that you know when when the time comes um he can actually move piles and we just haven't had that with with players like Farniak who I'll be watching closely and another player too is Brock Hoffman the backup center um who's kind of another pet cat of mine those three I feel like um it wouldn't surprise me if they all made the roster uh I'll be watching them and, and also my undrafted pet cat uh T TJ Bass too. So those guys, mm-hmm, all mm-hmm. those guys, and he, he, he's an actual true uh, guard. And I'd be curious to see how those guys hold up against, you know, other players that, that, that aren't the Cowboys, you know, pass rush, which mm-hmm, is kind of hard mm-hmm. to really gauge. Um, so that's where my eyes will be. I know I'll be watching and rewatching that tape over and over again to, to see, are there one, maybe two guys that can make me feel good about the depth behind what the Cowboys have should that they need to use that. I think that's a fascinating question. And I agree that that's something that's worth watching. Um, you know, we, we obviously watched the Cowboys offensive line in camp as well. And we've also, you know, heard news coming out of camp. And I think it's a real, it's a really tough question because um, I'm on record as saying, I think this team's going to go as far as the offensive line can take them. I think a lot of the other areas of the team, there's a lot of clarity that's been offered um, through the process of camp uh, at different positions. But the offensive line with Zach Martin out, with Terrence Steele only practicing sporadically, with them giving uh, Tyron Smith veteran days all the time, you know, there's just no continuity. There's no clarity about how the first team's going to play. I'm, I'm happy to hear that the offensive line's been holding its own more as camp has gone along against a very, very good defensive line. That's very, very good news. But it's such an open question. And my friend, I don't know that we're going to have any clarity on this until week one. And we might not even have a week one. It might be a month into the season before we really know if this offensive line is going to be any good. And by extension, if this team is going to be any good. So I think that we're all looking for some kind of indicator, some kind of, you know, vote of confidence. And so I'm hoping that, like you said, that Josh Ball, for example, offers that, okay, this guy, if something, you know, knock on wood should happen to, 
either of the st they're starting all pro caliber offensive guards that this guy can come in and acquit himself well. Mm. Uh, that's a good one. Um, I'm going to stick with the interior, but I'm going to switch to the other side of the ball, and I'm going to say I have eyes only, not only, but one of the one of the groups I have eyes for are the defensive tackles not named Jonathan Hankins and Oso Digizua. I think I'm pretty, I feel pretty confident about what both of those guys can do. I actually think that Odigizua, uh, um, you know, has had a marvelous camp. And I think that he's on the cusp of doing something that I very wrongly predicted Neville Gallimore might do, which is to have that sort of breakout season where he hovers around Pro Bowl caliber status. I think Odigizua uh, has the potential to have that kind of season if he stays healthy and plays at the top of his game. He's going to have a lot of support around the rest of the, around the defensive line. But there's like guys like Mozzie Smith and, and Golston, and even Bohana has been coming on. And I want to see if, if they give Junior Fajoko any, any uh, you know, snaps in the interior. There's a lot of other really interesting candidates. I, I, I'm not concerned about the quality of, of defensive line, interior defensive line play this year, so much as I just want to see those guys play. I'm really looking forward to seeing them play, particularly since they're going to actually have to, you know, bring the guys to the ground and they're going to complete plays, um, which they haven't been able to do. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see because if they're, that's the position that the Cowboys wanted to upgrade as a way to, uh, to upgrade the entire team, right? They're building this team around Micah Parsons in the pass rush. They felt like the, the defensive interior was too soft and was, was not getting them into enough, you know, uh, leveraged passing situations. The whole equation is built upon these, this defensive tackle room performing better. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what the early returns are on that. How about you? No, I think first off that I think that's a great choice. And I want to say, Rabs, this, this uh, interior defensive line group is is it's starting to get very co confusing to me because I mean for starters I mean we cannot throw dirt on Neville Gallimore just yet he is no, refusing no, right. to go away and he's having himself a good couple of weeks of practice and you know he's a good player and what what's interesting about this whole thing is you know we because we kind of had our guys penciled in and I think. Maybe if you're like me, Gallimore and Bohana were kind of on the outside looking in because, you know, we like Golston and we're going to give the rookie Fihoko a chance and stuff. But, like, it might not go down that way. You know, it could very, yep. very, if Gallimore outplays Golston and let's say Fihoko is kind of like, huh, you know, not really showing it, you know, and they might end up one of those phantom injuries to where he gets, mm -hmm. he gets mm -hmm. stashed. And then now suddenly you need, you need a, a legit, uh, three tech guy behind Osa, and that might be Gallimore, and it could end up being someone like push Golston off. You don't know because, I mean, Golston's yeah. not going to be living on the edge. We know that because there's just no reps out there. So, I think it just the whole dynamic of it makes it interesting. So, to see who's who's doing what is going to be. Mm -hmm. I mean, it could come down to between like a Golston versus Gallimore type thing, even though they're they're sort of different. And but uh, it's definitely there's there's a bunch of names in there, and the Cowboys don't have room. They just do not have room to keep all these guys. So great choice, Rabs. Um, I mean, honestly, the guy the guy who ends up not being on the roster may be the guy that uh, they can uh, for whom they can engineer a trade, mm -hmm. right? I mean, obviously not trading Odigizua, right, but right. if they can engineer a trade for Golston versus Gallimore, maybe they keep Gallimore, right? You know, uh, unless there's unless there's an absolute prohibitive favorite because you know. Um, 
I think that I think that rightly a lot of a lot of other teams in the league are going to be looking fondly, uh, slaveringly as they, as they drool in anticipation at the Cowboys defensive line room when it comes time for cutdown. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So that's that's one each. Uh, what's your next so position group or area that you're going to be uh, paying a special attention to on Saturday? Assuming that the Cowboys' offensive line can produce a respectable showing, then I will say I have eyes for the running back position group. Be- Interesting. Okay. And I think you know we we talked to our good buddy Landon. You know, during camp and two, and with this whole Rico Dowdle, Malik Davis, still, you know, there's there's a lot of opinions about, you know, which guy is better than you know which guy. And I th- to me, I want to see some contact. I want to see which which of these guys are going to show that shiftiness. Who can maybe do a little bit on their own? Both of which aren't really mm-hmm. known for doing any of that. But I mean, one's gonna one's gonna be better than the other. I mean. I, I do think that, and then also you could throw Deuce in there too. I, we all want to see how he's going to respond to any type of contact. Can can he wiggle away like he has been in, in these practice clips, or is he going to get stopped in his tracks? We don't know. So I'm very curious. I really want to just feel good about someone. I don't care if it's Dowdle. I don't care if it's Malik or, or, or Deuce or whatever. I just want to feel good like somebody is going to be able to handle some of the, the workload uh, with Tony Pollard, and I mean, my guy is Malik Davis. I really I liked what I I've seen from him thus far, and I do think he's shown some improvement in some other areas that um, may have been held in, held him back. Besides being, be, you know, behind uh, two two better backs last season, but mm-hmm. but I, I'm particularly interested to to see how he looks compared to Rico. Um, to me, I feel like Rico just. He's just a guy that's going to be easier to hide on the practice squad. I feel like with his extensive injury history, teams aren't going to be going after that. So I I feel like he's going to end up being the odd man out. But you know we'll see. We'll we'll see how the Cowboys even use him too. I mean every time I see a clip in practice and you see all the running backs line up, you know Malik's always the number two guy and they go in order and what you what appears to be some type of pecking order and then Rico's at the end. So I don't even know if like. Are they hiding him or what are they doing? I don't know. So very curious to see mm-hmm. what goes down with the running backs on Saturday. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think there's, if if everybody stays healthy, is there is there a situation or a world in which they can keep both Dowdle and Davis? No, I don't think so. I think you're asking too much there because, I mean, first off, they're going to keep Deuce Vaughn. You have to. I, I, I think I think so too because his, his skill set is different enough and he's a versatile player i think that i think they unless again unless something really weird happens and vaughn just shows he can't cut it or something uh it seems like like pollard and vaughn are on the team and therefore the question becomes how many running backs can this loaded team carry is is hunter lupke going to make the team we'll talk about that i think probably in a couple minutes um 
I think and then if, if if he does, can they can they carry a fourth running back? I don't know. They can. no, I don't think so. And I think it, what it will come down to, and I can't remember where I heard this. It might have been Landon. Um, it might have been locked on Cowboys. Um, I, but I feel like there there is a, like a strategy to where you could end up. You cut Rico. You practice squad him. You know, and then when it comes time to play, you elevate him, but you make Deuce inactive or something. You know, mm-hmm, and, and then mm-hmm. you end up having so you're you're utilizing Rico while he's healthy, um, and so he's 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 your back, but at the same time the way you're protecting guys are different to where you you're going to protect yeah, the investment yeah. of Deuce Vaughn, um, so I mean so I, I feel like the Cowboys can get creative there, but I do not think one of those ways will consist of four running backs on the roster because there's just too many there's too many spots that too many other players. And honestly, if we if if we're if we're including. Lupke and he makes the team. That's fine. Yeah. And it just seems like that seems impossible given how deep this Absolute, team is and how absolutely. little running backs matter. Right. Yeah, I think I think one thing is true is, is clear. Uh, Ronald Jones is not someone that is factors into this conversation. No. Um, so that that's good. My second one is that, and and this you provided a segue for that is I want to take a look at the versatile weapons the Cowboys have on offense. So one of the things we talked about last week. Uh, was um, inspired by uh, an article by the great John Mashoda in The Athletic about the Mike McCarthy, you know, Tex-Coast offense and what was different about it. Um, and one of, the things that, one of the things that we talked about that seemed to, you know, be clear in camp is he wants to collect versatile players so that there's a lot, the offense can attack you in a lot of different ways and even situationally. And it feels right now like those those versatile players are guys like Devontae Turpin, who has been a revelation as a wide receiver, I think doing far more than we could have ever ever hoped for. Um, and Deuce Vaughn and then Hunter Lupke, who can be like an H back, F back. He can even be a he can even be a big tailback in, in short yarded situations. A lot of different things he can do. So those are the guys that I'm really interested in looking at because I think if if those guys can make the team, acquit themselves well, they can when they come in there's there's a couple different things they can do. They can provide really interesting mismatch problems, um, you know, with opponents. Um, so I think I think it it, it it could be really interesting to have this kind of you know uh, offense that tries to beat opponents not by formationing them to death, but by uh, versatile playering them mm-hmm. to death, as we talked about last week. So I really want to see if there's any you know any any truth or run to that idea. Yeah, I don't know how much we're going to see of Cavante Turpin, to be quite honest, or how the Cowboys will try to use him. I mean, we're seeing some – he's practicing a little bit of running back now, and um, yeah. it's going to be curious to see how that plays out. But I totally agree, and I think another guy you have to throw in this mix when we're talking about these player uh, versatility is uh, John Stevens Jr. because oh, – and he's, yep. You know, he's a wide receiver and he was Great call. Uh, at TCU and stuff. But, uh, you know, he could end up being one of those guys that puts like, you know, Sean McKeon off, off the roster too, as they try to work him mm-hmm. into to more of a tight end type of role, um, but also a pass catcher too. And uh, so that, there's, you know, there's a lot of guys when you talk about uh, Lipke and Turpin and just, you know, the new weapons the Cowboys have, it's like, where do they fit? How are the Cowboys going to use them? How many they are they going to keep? So definitely eyes will be on those guys for sure. Um, All right. So that so we so 
I've I've offered two thus far, right? I, you said you were looking at the interior offensive line and running back, neither of which was at the top of my list. And then I said that I want to see the uh, defensive tackles, not named Jonathan Hankins and Osa Digizua. And then I also want to check out these versatile weapons. Were either of those on your short list? Uh, you, uh, so, yeah, the, the interior bubble guys is what I called them. Uh, they That was number four on my list. Um, okay. Okay. And, so, um, so neither of us is, so seems to have struck uh, a key, you know, uh, uh, object object of fascination from the others list yet. Let's see if that's about to happen now. Yeah. What's your third? What's your third category that you have? You're going to pay special attention to on Saturday. So my third category is my top, you know, three choice. I get all three of mine. Make it through without being stolen. So. I am going to be interested in the Cowboys uh, cornerback group. and Oh, my goodness. I didn't have that one at all. You didn't have that one? We're getting through unscathed. Wow. Here. No. I guess we both have. You know, there's just a lot that, you know, we're, we have we'll eyes look at. Uh, that we have eyes on. But um, for me, I feel like I feel really good about this, the group as a whole, especially when you talk about the main three. And, you know, we also have Jordan Lewis, who's in our back pocket. Not sure exactly what's going to happen as far as his, you know, how much he's going to play. Is he going to be healthy enough to where he wants to play in the beginning or the Cowboys going to be able to stash him? Don't know. But even still, worst case scenario, four quality um, corners. But then, you know, you we got the rookie. You talk about how uh, how well he's performing. And um, everybody, I think, is excited to see, um, see him in action because I remember, like, I remember how, how well Nashon was doing in camp last year and everybody's trying to just get me to take the cheese with nation and try to, and then of course he just gets torched. You know, he just ends up in preseason. It's none, <laughs> none of what he was doing in, in camp translated into it. So you want to, we want to see that from Eric Scott jr. We want to be able to see, we want to see the good, the good camp equal also good, some good reps in the preseason games too. So super excited about yeah. that. I, I will feel so much better about the Cowboys cornerback depth. If uh, we do see, some of that, because you know, I mean, we don't expect to see he, him have a a large role this season, barring some type of injury stuff. But uh, mm-hmm. so I think this is a great opportunity for him to come in and develop it. But we'd love to see it. But then it's the other guys. Like, what's going to happen with Nashawn? I mean, are we are we done with him? Is he? I mean, sometimes he'll make a pass breakup. Other times he just get he'll get B. Don't really know. And then same with Kelvin Joseph. Both those guys are just kind of. I just don't know. I mean, so I really want to see. I want to see if there's one of those guys that can kind of be a viable last depth guy um, or if mm-hmm. they don't have any at all. So um, I'm sure those guys will get plenty of chances, uh, but I don't know what to expect. So I'm very curious to see if um, any of those guys at all can just show me something to, to make me feel a little better. Yeah, I think that, you know, you touched on a couple of things, which was that, you know, you feel better about this group. And I think that, you know, you talked about Eric Scott Jr. compared to Nation Wright. It feels like in many ways he's on the, the Deron Bland trajectory, right, right? right? Where he's a late round guy. He he showed from the very beginning that it wasn't too big for him. He, you know, he was put into high leverage positions early on, even in, in you know, mini camps like Bland was, and it which suggests that the way he conducted himself in the, in his position group room, in, you know, in study sessions, et cetera, 
gave the coaches confidence that they could give them a big role. So the, clearly these guys are quick learners and, um, and they're not, they're not backing down. Right. So I think, I think that it feels like we're sort of experiencing Duran Bland 2.0. So I'm thrilled by that because boy, could they use that. That's incredible. Um, but after that, I think it's a, it's a real question. And I'm not sure how many they can carry. I'm not sure whether they can carry CJ Goodwin this year. I'm not sure whether they can, they can, you know, find room for a special teams ace like that on the roster, especially an aging one. So I, I think that it, it very well may come down to, and we'll talk more about this as the preseason goes on, very well may come down to Nation Wright versus Kelvin Joseph. I'm not sure there's space for both of those guys. And I, I particularly don't know if there's space for both those guys because of the last one, the last position group that I'm going to have my eyes on, which is their brethren in the secondary, the safeties. So I, I think that, you know, we, we obviously just heard uh, in recent days that Malik Hooker has received a three-year, 24-ish million dollar extension, which is great. Um, it's great that they see the value in the safeties that we saw and that they're trying to hold on to them to build, to build around them. That's fantastic. Uh, I'm particularly happy to, to see that because I believe, as you know, that Malik Hooker is the, is the rarest of the three, has the most rare skill set of the three, and I think he's, I think he's the best player of the three. Um, and so there's obviously three really good, uh, safeties there. You know, we had a, we had a conversation a while ago in terms of the rest of the room. And we, you know, we talked about Israel McQuamu. We talked about Marquise Bell. I think both those guys, Marquise Bell is another kid who came in and, and McQuamu to, to some degree too, came in low draft pick and has, you know, quitted himself well, uh, has played above his acquisition level. But there's another guy who's really come on in camp, Wanye Thomas. He's had a really good camp, and he's probably the only guy they have who can actually play the free safety as something, God forbid, would happen should happen to Malik Hooker. So uh, is Wanye Thomas going to be free safety number two? Um, because that's, a, that's something the Cowboys really need. I mean, M- Malik Hooker allows all those other dudes who are like safety linebacker hybrid types to be able to do what they do because he does such a great job in the back half. And so they need somebody else to do that. Can Wanya Thomas stake a claim for, for a position? And if he does, and they also keep a, a, a Mukwamu or a Bell or both, um, does that knock a guy like Joseph or Nation right off the roster if they decide to go a little heavier at safety because those guys are also, you know, linebackers and Mukwamu we've already seen can play, you know, can play sort of like nickel corner you know, sort of hybrid nickel corner linebacker, strong safety type of role. Uh, we've seen him do that really well. So I think there's a lot of really interesting um, conversations here and, and things to watch. And in part because the Cowboys seem to be doing a better job than ever of being flexible and being versatile and, and, and running hybrid systems where guys, you know, are strong safeties and linebackers and cornerbacks and, you know, are, are fullbacks and halfbacks and tight ends. So there's a lot of, you know, places where guys could conceivably fit into the, into the kind of roster, into the traditional positions to make room for other guys elsewhere. And so how the coaches figure all that out is going to be really interesting. So there's a lot of dudes that um, have been playing really well that we just talked about that, um, that they don't have room for. They don't have room for all of those all those cats. So uh, I think that it's not going to be a situation where they're like, eh, 52, 53, whatever. They're just the best guys remaining. I, I think there's going to be 
probably 57 guys who, who can make a legitimate claim to be on this roster. And then they're going to have to make some tough decisions or, or make some trades. Yeah. No, I, but it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see the guys put the exclamation point on their um, claim staking. Yeah. I think it, it's interesting. You bring up uh, Juan Yeh Thomas too. And I, I do, it wouldn't surprise me if he is one of those guys that ends up sneaking out one of those spots. And, and you look at a player like, you know, Joseph and, and right. It's like, well, where where is their value to you? If you can get a guy, mm-hmm. a, a defensive back, who provides you with extra coverage ability, you know the Cowboys have the depth with the when it comes to the box safeties. And you know when you look at both Dono and Curse, and even uh, the rookie Demarion Over showing this, see they have they have they mm-hmm. have so many different options and so much flexibility to where you know they could go longer at at safety and uh, you know because McQuamie could end up being your slot your backup slot guy too. So, uh, and it could knock off true corners off the, off the roster too. So no, it's, I totally agree. I mean, I want good football players and we'll see which of these guys can step up and make plays. There's, I do think the Cowboys, uh, some of the injuries they've had recently with some of their safeties provide these opportunities for these other guys. And we get a, mm-hmm. a more of an extended look at, at somewhat players like Marquise Bell and Tyler Coyle. And then like, like Wanya, Thomas too. And uh, so, yeah, great, great choice too. Very excited about, about this group. Yeah. I think the takeaway here is that we had no overlap, which suggests that there's a lot of really interesting storylines to follow um, both on Saturday and and, in the upcoming, uh, and the upcoming preseason tilts. Yeah, for sure. And none of of us picked kicker, which I think we all will have our eyes on the (laughs) kicker and just hopefully, you know, hopefully things go okay. Um, But it's, you know, it, sh- it should be fun. I, I, Rabs, I, you know me, I really get stoked about watching these preseason games, and I'll, I'll definitely have my eyes on it. I'll watch it probably three times. I'm guessing, you know, it's, that's the par for the course for me uh, with, yeah. with watching this. Uh, but I, I, I think, I think, just as a cautionary for everybody, one of the most valuable things you can do during preseason is look at who is starting on the special yes. team units in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. That's going to tell you a tremendous amount about who has the advantage in some of these tightly contested battles that we're talking about. Absolutely. Get that screen capture right out of the way and figure out those numbers, who's there, and that, that's going to tell you a lot. If you want to try to get your mm-hmm. roster projections, you know, your predictions correct, that is a big piece of information. Totally agree. Um, definitely something you can learn from. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about, you know, what uh, – what we're going to see on Saturday. Can't wait for it. But that is all we have for today. If you haven't yet, please do subscribe to the Blogging the Boys podcast network. Leave us a rating, write a review, wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, iTunes, or Stitcher. Tell us what you think, anything you'd like us to do differently to improve your podcast listening experience. And if you ever want to talk to us about anything at all, any Cowboys Hot Topics, some roster battles, or what is it, one of your favorite cheesy movies? Let us know. Hit us up on Twitter. I'm at DannyPhantom24 and Rabs is at RabbleRouser, spelled R-A-B-B-L-E-R-O-U-S-R. And don't forget to check out all the great podcasts throughout the entire week. Every day we got something new for you. Tomorrow we'll have World's Team with Meg Murray and Paul Stewart, so make sure to check that out. But that's all we have for today. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hope you have a great weekend. Stay safe, stay happy, stay true to the silver and blue, and we will catch you later. Actual football is here, folks. <laughs>